Welcome to the Day DPL Thought Leadership Podcast. In this episode, leading academic David Blanchett of Morningstar touches on what a true fiduciary looks like and provide best practices to begin implementing into your firm. Here's DPL's founder and CEO, David Lau. Welcome to Louisville, David. Uh, we've got David Blanchett here, who is the head of retirement research at Morningstar. And we're here to talk about retirement and retirement income and, and your research. Let's do it. Great. So one of the things, you know, we, we've both experienced is there's lots of academic research, much of which you've generated, right? A hundred or so papers I saw in your, in your bio. Um, about the benefits of annuities, you know, for retirement income, yet particular to the world we serve, you know, fee-based advisors, uh, more of a resistance to using them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what are your you know, thoughts in general on that? Yeah, there's, there's obviously a ton of research going back 50 plus years talking about why people should annuitize. And I think that, that amongst like the academic community, it's, it's kind of a no-brainer, right? People should have more of their wealth um, and guaranteed income. The reason that people don't is really complicated, right? I think yes. that that it's difficult to part with your money. You've been saving for 30 or 40 years, and you're going to give it to this company that promises you this income for a long period of time. Um, I think that there's disincentives among advisors to recommend it or over-recommend it. I think that, that for better or for worse, people need more, but we don't have an environment that necessarily promotes retirees getting the best products possible. Yeah. And we wind up, you know, trying to, you know, for the fee-based advisors and AUM-based advisor, trying to eliminate that financial conflict for them by bringing, you know, commission-free products, you know, to market. That should make it so that it's agnostic to them what they're investing their their client into. But oftentimes you you can hear some like just categorical dismissals of annuity. I, I, I don't use annuities. Right. And, you know, I know you've got some interesting thoughts on that. Yeah. I mean, people that, that, that tend to dismiss annuities don't don't get paid to sell annuities. I think right. that you know people that are like fee only fiduciaries try to be like I'm a fee only fiduciary, do what's best for my clients. And and if you're if you're ignoring an entire product type, like are you really doing what's best for your client? Right? Yes, you're creating like good plans, but they could always be better. And so I think that for them, you know, they're not going to say that oh yes, the fact that I don't get paid on the annuity is why I don't do it. But like we don't dismiss mutual funds because there's a bad mutual fund, right? We we, we we as investment professionals should be able to say, okay, this is a given product type. I'm going to figure out if it's good or bad and whether or not you should use it. Annuities, if they'd always been commission-free, RIAs, fiduciaries would be power users of the product. You know, kind of the fact that they've you know grown up as commissioned products and have been kind of off limits, you know, create have always created this tension for RIAs. Annuities are seen as a product that's sold. Mm-hmm. And, you know, RIAs are more sophisticated on average. They're building yes. better portfolios or do share things like that. And so I think that, that it just hasn't been something in their wheelhouse. They haven't really thought about it, hasn't been good at. But I think that, you know, we need to, we need to evolve as the market and give them options that, that, you know, make them compensation agnostic to what they're doing for a client. Right. And so, I mean, in theory, they should be different between delaying social security, buying an annuity, whatever else it is. But I mean, the reality of it is, is that is that you know if you view the world through an investment lens, give them an investment like that they can use to help with clients. One of the things you focus on is financial planning and thinking about planning. Um, you know, one of the things you know we see is with a lot of planning softwares, you know, a definition of failure, yeah. you know, being you're out of money. Yes. You know, but you and I know you've got some thoughts on that too. Yeah, I mean, so. I- 
in the most common metric that we use in this industry to kind of quantify your retirement outcome is the success rate, you know, your probability of success. And I mean, it's, it's a decent first approximation of like, if you're on track, but I mean, think about what it's telling you. It's telling you that, that if you don't create some amount of income every year for say 30 years, you fail. Well, like failure means different things to different people, right? I mean, what is your existing level of guaranteed income? What about Social Security? Uh, can you actually afford to cut back if you need to? And so I think that what it often does is it promotes the wrong perspective about how you're actually going to fund your goal. And I think there's there's other metrics that are a lot better, like utility theory, but we're never going to use that for individual clients, right? That's, that's a terrible idea. And so like my best idea, which isn't even necessarily very good, is that, you know, focus more on like, like the worst one in 10 percentile or outcomes for clients in retirement, just show them, hey, you know, if if this is a bad outcome, this will be your income at age 95. And talk about that versus telling them they have a, a 25% success rate over a, or, or whatever else. Right. And there's a, a notion of the magnitude of that failure right. too, that that's, that's important that often gets missed in those kind of, you know, planning softwares. What really matters is not, are you going to fail? Or are you going to succeed? It's by how much, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, if, if, if you have 95% of your goal covered with an annuity or guaranteed income, whatever else it is, and you, but you fail at every single projection, you're still doing great, right? The, the, yeah. and the, the, the alternative would be, well, let's say you only have 5% of your, of your need covered from, you know, social security, whatever else. Failure there is really significant. And so what we need in the context for is, you know, what is the distribution of outcomes for you as a retiree? And what do those bad outcomes look like? I think that's a better perspective than, again, you know, people like to get really precise. They'll run 10,000 Monte Carlo, whatever. Okay. They can tell you've got a 73.42% chance of success. The problem is that number doesn't necessarily tell you what you should be doing in terms of saving, investing, or with annuities. Right. And I mean, one of the things we, you know, we like about annuities is that, you know, the plan is always wrong. That's the only certainty that that is wrong. Right. right. And so, but, you know, bringing an annuity and can bring in a level of certainty. So a lot of advisors we work with, and it's a couple of, you know, there's a couple of issues with talking to their clients about annuities. Mm-hmm. They themselves may have said bad things about annuities in the past. Right. And you, know, you often read bad things about yes. annuities. So, you know, how do, you know, advisors talk to their clients you know about annuities it's the it's the a word even among advisors it's highly polarizing yes right so whenever i talk about it i kind of joke like you know people are going to have strong opinions here and they're going to wear the hats that they're used to okay that's amongst investment professionals you know uh, uh, with the average retiree household who knows what they've seen on tv or what they've read in the newspaper or they've watched whatever else and so to me um, it's sad that the word can't be used. They've been around for like thousands of years. Like you'd think there'd be like really positive, warm fuzzies with them, but they're but they're not, right? And so I think that that you know describe actually what it's going to do for them. It's a personal pension. Yes. Right. I mean, it is an annuity, but its its job is to create a personal pension for you for as long as you're alive. So I, I like terms like that, right? You know, focus on the benefits of what it's trying to accomplish versus the name. Maybe. At some point, we can get back to calling it annuities, but I mean, I don't, I don't know that you're doing yourself actually a service. I call it that because you know, as soon as your client, you know, if, if they use that same term, talks to someone else, they're going to say, "Oh, well, you should never buy an annuity, right?" You know. Right. But if you if you always refer to it as a personal pension, I think it's the same thing, but it has a better feel to it. Right. right. And the other thing that we help advisors with is to transition their own personal conversations. So you know, in the past, where you know products have been commissioned and more expensive. 
you know, a little bit harder maybe to recommend them. Now, you know, that we give them also a way of pivoting that conversation. Like, yeah, I didn't like annuities before, but that's because they were commissioned. They right. didn't align with my, you know, with my ethics and my business, you know, my practice. Now there's new versions that, right. you know, enable me to use the product. I think the key here is that a lot of people that have thought about it, you know, academically, but I think behaviorally, there's a lot of reasons why you should always at least talk about it because you never know who that might be really attractive for who hasn't thought of. Annuities are certain. It does create certainty and that has a value that's I think often hard to quantify. We did a survey, you know, of you know RIAs you know, a year or so ago. One of the questions we asked was, when do you start planning for retirement income with your client? I was surprised, you know, a little bit by you know how close to retirement they they often start having those conversations. When do you start thinking about retirement income as you're generating a plan or thinking about a plan? I mean, it's obviously a process, right? So when you're 35 years old. Retirement is this distant thing that's going to happen at some point in time. You know, the notion of like how you're going to fund retirement, I don't know that it's, it's all that realistic, right? I think that as you move within, say, 15-ish years away, I think you need to start getting the client's perception to change. It's impossible to really know what it's going to be until it happens. But I think this is where to kind of, you know, create expectations about what they're going to do when they get there. You know, that way, it's not a surprise. I mean, I think that, you know, an example here would be like buying an annuity. Let's just say you want to buy an annuity. You know, like if you haven't prepared them for that and all of a sudden you say, hey, you just retired. We're going to take half of your portfolio and buy this financial product. They're going to be like, you want to do what? Right. And so I think that a lot of it is just, it's just, it's the, it's the, the mental preparation for how you're going to use that pool of money to accomplish that retirement goal. You're making an important point, I think, earlier. Just the presentation of an annuity can help clients start thinking about it. Getting someone to think beyond just the balanced income, that's really good. It's getting individuals, you know, who are in their 50s or 40s prepared and thinking about what will this balance do for me? And how can I actually create income? Financial planning has really become a lot more prominent over, I would say, the last five, seven years, you know, really. And one of the good things for clients about that is it focuses on goals, mm-hmm. you know, and clients really are more focused on goals than the means to get there. Right. You know, so and t- turning a conversation into, you know, starting with the goals, you know, seems to be a prudent thing to do for an advisor. And like, how do you think about that? The reason that our profession exists is to help clients accomplish it. Yes. We, we want to help them save for college, retire, buy a boat, whatever it is. You know, the goals are often financial in nature, right? It's not realistic to have a truly personalized plan for every single person, right? So usually you'll have a certain set of model portfolios or things yeah. you use for a client. The problem is, is that is that, you know, people often perceive accomplishing that goal via their opportunity set. How do I get paid? What do I do? When the most important question is, is what does this person want to accomplish? How do I help them actually get there? Mm-hmm. And part of it is going to involve investing. You've got to invest because you have a portfolio, but it's everything else that's so important that's very behavioral that is where annuities can kind of seep into the conversation. You know, like, I mean, do you, I mean, how many advisors ask their clients, you know, how are you going to feel in retirement if the portfolio goes down by 20%? How do you feel about taking money right. out every month or every year if it's been a bad year? The definition of optimal is, is there, there isn't just one definition. There's mm-hmm. a person. And the more, the more tools you have to help them understand 
what is the goal and how to accomplish it, the better the plan is going to be. For you know clients, I think you know looking at them individually, you know, can and adding value through the through the rest of the plan. A lot of people start talking about advisors more as financial coaches right. uh, uh, along the way than asset managers. Yeah. I'm not saying advisors can't add value through building good portfolios, but it's really really easy now to get you know, access the vision, how to do it yourself. So for me, you know, like the value is, you know, is not in the portfolio, the value is in the goal, the doing things help clients accomplish goals. So again, like the more things you can do to help them get there beyond just the investment stuff, the right. better off I think you're going to be competitively against your peers. How do you, you know, start incorporating or thinking about, you know, annuities and retirement really yeah. uh, for younger clients? So those millennials, right? Those millennials. Um, you know, I think that, that to your point, like annuities, are a product focused on income. But I mean, you have to get someone to save first. Saving is the most important thing for someone who's younger. Then like the more that you can prepare them over time, how they're actually going to create the income is important too. You want to always set expectations. Like a financial plan, you know, to your point earlier, like it's going to be incredibly wrong. It's ridiculous right. how wrong we are if you really look back or right. we do. But what it all it does is create expectations. How much do you have to save to do this? How much do you have to save to do that? And so in theory, you know, for younger individuals, retirement is this incredibly abstract and that's so far away. Yep. Right. It's getting them to understand like one, like I need to save to get there, you need to invest. But I mean, to me, it's not, you know, like mention it, like, like, have you thought about how you want to fund your retirement? And the, the reason for that is it just makes it more real, right? You know, it's again, like it's hard to save getting people to, to envision retirement, maybe how they're going to do it, what they want to do. All those can hopefully get someone to save more than if you just say, Hey, in 30 years, you're going to retire. What do you want to do? Often in the financial plan or in an advisor's mind or whoever they're, you know, kind of parsing it off almost gets looked at as just income. Yeah. Right. But it's it's actually, you know, generated from some asset. Income's a really big deal. But like if you do a financial plan, like where do social security retirement benefits show up as as a as an inflow in retirement? Okay. But what, what it was always, you know, kind of surprised me is that we treat we treat assets like a portfolio is both an asset and an income source. Yep. Okay. We don't treat income sources like social security as assets. Yes. I mean, think about it. Like, like, although it's not necessarily apparent, you should treat the value of all your pension benefits as an asset, right? So like, let's just say, for example, that you went out and you bought um, an immediate annuity with a half million dollars. Okay. You know, if you build a balance sheet and ignored it, you would say, oh, the money is gone forever. But no, there's still a benefit to it. Right? That's right. I think that, that too often advisors focus again just on the portfolio, just on the assets, and they forget the fact that, that guaranteed income is a is like the cornerstone of most retirement plans. If you actually figured out the value of that benefit, it could be millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and those benefits should affect so many things, it should affect the portfolio, should affect your withdrawal rate. All this hinges on understanding the value of that guaranteed income. And again, too often someone just says, oh, it's a, it's an inflow in retirement and that's it. How do you think about annuities in 401ks? It's, it's actually something pretty interesting. I mean, it's become the 401k has been almost the default now for self-funding your retirement. Right. Uh, so incredibly important product. And as you were saying earlier, very difficult for, you know, a difficult problem is creating your own distribution, you know, with it, you know, to fund your retirement. Yeah. I mean, I, I like the idea of, of annuities and 401k plans, right? You know, 401k plans have an advantage for participants and that there's a professional fiduciary involved, 
Right. For better or for worse, a lot of advisors aren't fiduciaries. Okay. And a 401k, though, there is a professional fiduciary responsible for making the right decisions for the participants. And so if, they, if they're going to select an annuity for a plan, it's going to be a pretty good one. Yeah. Right. And so like, I, I, I really like the idea of more plans offering annuities in some form or fashion to participants because all of a sudden, if anything, it's, it's on the radar all of a sudden. I mean, like right mm-hmm. now, you know, in the, in the past, 401ks are all about accumulation. I'm going to help you save, 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 save right. and invest. You know, like, but decumulation is a really important thing. And so even if people don't use it all that much, just to introduce the, the possibility, I think is, is valuable. Right. And I mean, the 401k in many ways is kind of an accidental product. You know, it, it wasn't you know necessarily designed to say, okay, we're going to design a great personal retirement product. Right. You know, it, it kind of accidentally came about, but in, in that way, but also in the way that it wasn't designed to be the retirement product, right? Or the retirement fund. It was brought into existence at a time where there were a lot more pensions, mm-hmm. you know, et cetera. It wasn't, it was a supplemental rather than a primary product. So I think the reason for the SECURE Act, some of the, is, is because it's it's been a pretty good accumulation tool. People like to knock it, but I mean, as bad as it is, if you don't have one, you're not saving at all for retirement. <laughs> so true. it really, it, it is, it's, it's, it's the best bad way to save for retirement. But it's still very accumulation focused. And I think too many plan sponsors are still view it as an accumulation vehicle and not so much as a way to help someone get them through retirement or at least get them prepared to make the choices they're going to make when they start withdrawing the money. My own personal theories around if the, the 401k was designed in a purposeful way, it might have been an annuity. Thanks for listening. This educational series explores industry trends and best practices, providing advisors like you with insights to better serve your clients and grow your business. To hear more episodes from our guests, go to dplfp.com and visit the podcast page.